Before we start today's Beef Watch podcast, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a listener. During the month of November, the Nebraska Extension Beef Team is asking for your feedback on the podcast. What content has been most valuable to you? And what topics would you like to see discussed in the future? If you'd be willing to take a few minutes to fill out a brief survey, we'd really appreciate it. The survey can be found at beef.unl.edu, and it's located there at the top of the homepage. Thanks again for being willing to do that for us. We really appreciate your feedback, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss the topic of tax consequences to drought. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Tina Barrett, who's the director and also farm financial consultant with Nebraska Farm Business Incorporated. Thanks for joining me today. Happy to be here. So as we think about 2022, obviously in Nebraska and also some of the surrounding states, we've had a major impact with drought. Uh, that's going to have potentially some potential impact as people begin to think about taxes and filing taxes. Walk through with us some of the things to think about that drought provides in terms of both opportunities and maybe things to think through as people begin to prepare the information they need to turn in to file their taxes. Yeah. So um, luckily, this is one of those tax topics that actually hasn't changed. It's got to brush off the old stuff. So that's kind of nice and refreshing when it comes to tax law. But um, so nothing different than what we experienced, you know, 10 years ago with 2012 and, and some of those years. But we just walk through a couple of these with livestock. We really have two options. The first is a one year deferral. And so that that works for pretty much any types of livestock. So whether you're talking about your calf crop or having to cull early, um, either one of those would work. So you need to be a cash basis taxpayer and you've got to show that your normal business practice would have been to sell it in the following year. But that's not too big of, a, of an issue usually if we're looking to defer. So and then we have to prove that the livestock was sold due to drought conditions. And, you know, those are pretty easy things to, to hit this year, any drought. Uh, disaster declarations, things like that uh, would certainly qualify as drought issues. So, and so then you just calculate up on that one, what your normal sales are, and you can defer the extra. So you can't just say that I sold two calf crops in this year. So the second one I'm deferring to next year, we need to actually go through a calculation of what your average has been for the last three years based on dollars. And then um, there would be a, a deferral of that. So it's a little bit more complicated than just saying, I sold the calf in the or in December instead of January, so I can defer it. So a little bit of work there. The other option is a four-year deferral, but that only applies to draft dairy and breeding livestock. So, and that really is is the option for you know if the drought continues and you just can't doesn't ever become feasible to replace those animals next year, we can continue to hold that deferral off until either the end of the drought or after a four-year continuous drought, um, then you could actually reinvest that money in other business property. Up until that four years, those beef cows have to go back for beef cows. You can't even trade those in for like dairy cows because it's a different type of asset. But after the four years, you could actually reinvest those beef cows in like a tractor or something. So hopefully we're not looking at that long of an extended drought time again, but uh, it is an option that's out there. 
I guess let's also just talk through, there's going to be some crop insurance that's going to come in this year for ranchers who maybe have pasture range and forage insurance. They're going to get a payment. What are some options as they think about where they put that income? Yeah. So again, you have to be same kind of rules as the one year deferral with the livestock is that you need to be able to be a cash basis taxpayer. You need to show that uh, that income would have normally come in the year following sale. That's a little bit harder with say like pasture insurance than uh, crop insurance. So, uh, you know, you'd really wanna work through the specifics of, of that with your tax preparer to see if your circumstances um, would allow that deferral. Um, but it, you know, if you, you can show that that would have normally come in the year following drought, uh, the year, then, you know, it would be also eligible for uh, a deferral at that point. What are some other things you really encourage your clients to be thinking through right now as we move towards the end of the year and this being a little bit unique, being a drought year? What are some things they want to maybe reevaluate, look at as they think about year end and uh, making sure they're in a good place as they get ready to file their taxes? Yeah, you know, it's really easy to spend our time talking about how to to avoid the tax on the this livestock and, and um, things, but one thing that I think it's important to think about is maybe isn't the best strategy to defer that income until later. You really want to take a, a look at your individual situation. So, uh, for example, if you've got a raised breeding herd that you had to cull uh, more than normal and would qualify for that four-year deferral, um, it may not be a good tax strategy to do that because that that uh, raised breeding herd is subject to capital gains, which is a pretty low rate. And if your other income is also low, you could be maybe looking at trying to defer a 0% tax and then offset a capital purchase down the road that would offset both self-employment taxes and income taxes. So, um, you know, that reinvestment might give you more bang for your buck by actually recognizing the income, you know, maybe doing some other things to control income this year other than deferral. So you really want to make sure that you're taking a hard look at whether or not deferral is the right choice for your operation because um, it might not be and we might be deferring low income or even you know we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel for the tax cuts and jobs act of 2018 a lot of those provisions expire in 2025 so as we're looking at those longer term deferrals you know we could be deferring low income brackets and if that does uh, expire as planned the brackets would be higher in 2026. So um, again, we'd be avoiding a, a lower tax might not be, you know, the best choice for your business in the long term. So certainly something that you want to consider and know that's available, but it's uh, maybe isn't the right choice for you. Well, Tina, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me today. Yep. Happy to be here. Well, if you have questions about the topic we discussed today, again, this is Tina Barrett and she's with the Nebraska Farm Business Incorporated. They are based in Lincoln, and you can find them online.